Motherfucker. God damn it. All right, I'm already pissed off. I'm already pissed off. I just recorded this entire podcast. If you guys saw my Instagram post, that's exactly when I realized that for some reason, this podcast, when I when I recorded it, did not say it. I'm so tired. Like, you guys know about me and my, my weird thing around electronics and lights. Like, I'm so tired of this shit happening uh, because it's it's like... It affects my life to a large degree. I'm gonna cover. I can cover all this. I've been told not to talk about it, about it by a certain person who I really respect uh, because they have they have what I have too, and they, I, I'll get into it later maybe. But I just recorded this entire podcast. I I ended the recording, and then when I put it on my computer, it just disappeared. Just disappeared. Anyway. Before I start this podcast, I just got to make sure that everybody knows this is a 100% true story. 100%. And then I'm, I'm going to add a bonus story on the end, which is a pretty crazy story. But this is 100% true. If you guys have ever been, <laughs> by, if you guys have any uh, robbery stories, let me know in the comments. Robbery is always a, a, a good topic to lighten the mood, to break the ice. So yeah. Let me know in the comments below if you if you like if you like robbery, if you've been robbed, what you think about robbery, all that. Just let me know. I actually really want to know. Cuz I got robbed when I was 8 and I was the only one who saw it too. That was the crazy thing. Cuz I, I I completely forgot about this story too too until like a couple nights ago and then I was telling a couple of my friends were talking about home invasions. <laughs> not, not not that they were going to do them. But they were just talking about home invasions in general and how, how they've been home invaded or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I got home, I got home invaded. I got, well, technically my house got robbed when I was eight uh, by two very interesting people. Um, let me turn on my mic really quick. Yeah, so this is basically how the story goes. And to this day, it still affects me, which is weird. Not necess- Not directly at all. Not, it's an indirect infection, basically, which I'll cover at the end. Okay, so I was using chatbots when I was 8, 15, or 16 years ago. This was in the third grade that this happened to me, and it was a Saturday night. It was just summer. It was like late April. It was uh, the weekend of Easter, I believe, if I remember correctly, and I was running a chatbot, which took 10 minutes, so it was on AIM. For those of you who are very young listening to this, AIM was by AOL, and it allowed you to directly chat with people. Well, I hear a big-ass vehicle going by. I'm out here in Colorado. For those of you who are just listening, if you hear background noise, because I'm literally out here in Colorado, definitely check it out on YouTube. If not, just so you can get a glimpse of the scenery and the environment that this story is being told. Uh, but anyway... I'd run these AIM bots and I could just like send it to my buddy's um, account, any account I wanted. It took 10 minutes. They would chat with them for 10 minutes. Their response would reflect whatever the chat, like it's a regular chat bot that you see now. Most people think chat bots just started becoming a thing recently. No, I was using chat bots in 2003. So I, I was already into the, like the whole technical side of everything. And I remember this night, my brother usually slept on the patio, which the patio has a door that goes into the kitchen. And from the kitchen, you go, 
you can either go to the living room or you can go into the bedrooms. And we were in the bedroom because me and my brother shared a bedroom. And he found all these like VHSs or something. So that night he decided, nah, I'm not going to sleep on the patio. I'm just going to sleep in the bedroom. And, or just watch movies and then sleep in the... Maybe he was planning on sleeping on the patio. But at this time, it was like midnight. Wasn't sleeping on the patio. So 11.51 p.m. I ran this AIM bot. I set. I had this stupid dumbass watch that I could like set times on. So I, I set a timer for 10 minutes uh, and it was to go off at 12.01. So I run back into the room with my brother and I'm watching this VHS. I, it was... Uh, I'm trying to think of the name. Uh, it's it's that it was that one movie with Jack, that horrible movie with Jack Black. It was the third one, the book of something. It was an old. It was about a book where like it made things come to life. And so I'm watching that. Twelve oh one, the alarm goes off, and all of a sudden, happy as hell. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what this fucking person said. Pranked. I just pranked somebody. I want to see what they said to this chatbot. I want to see their response when they got pranked. Because I was big into prank dial and shit too. I don't even think I've been invented yet. But I'm walking out of the living room and I'm turning into the kitchen to go to the living room. I'm sorry, I'm walking out of my bedroom, our bedroom, to turn into the kitchen to go into the living room. And I turn the corner and I look up and I see two full-grown men, very tall in full-on ninja costumes. I'm talking head wraps. I'm talking um, throwing stars. I'm talking two huge swords on both of them. I remember it very clearly. Because if you guys don't know anything about psychology, there's something called a flashball memory that when something um, just uh, very uh, shocking happens in your life, your brain just snaps a photo of it just like a camera would. And to this day, I remember this so specifically because in my head, I can still see the exact scene play out. I turn the corner, I look up, and there's two ninjas walking out of the door. And the first one doesn't see me. He keeps walking. But the second one, as he's walking out the door, he turns to eight-year-old me, looks me directly in the eyes, and then walks out the door. And that was so terrifying that I froze. It took about two to three minutes to start breathing correctly again. Like, I couldn't even breathe, so I couldn't talk. I couldn't say anything. I just went back. My brother's watching his movies. I'm over there hyperventilating. Like, not even hyperventilating. Like, it was like one of those where it's like air wasn't going in or out. But he didn't notice. You know, he didn't notice because I I couldn't even make a sound. So this went on for a couple minutes, and I remember I, I ran under some, like, table. And I guess since I was eight, he thought I was just being some dumbass. I ran under the table and hid there while I couldn't breathe. And then after about five minutes, I could kind of talk. And I remember saying, like, I saw some ninjas in the house. <laughs> and they thought, so my brother, of course they thought I was lying. Every, every single person I've told this story to, I'd say 97% don't believe me. Eventually they do though because it's easily provable. But I'm like ninjas in the house, and he thought I was like just looking for attention. So I tell my my parents the same thing. My brothers they all think the exact same thing because we were big into that ninja movie, um, the Three Ninjas. That's such a good movie. If you guys haven't seen that, man, that's a good movie. And they thought I just woke up from like a bad dream or like out again. I was just looking for attention and lying. I don't know why they would think that. But eventually, 
they're looking around the house and my mom is like, where's my purse at? I can't find my purse. Cause I think I forget. I think her cell phone was in there or something. And that's what she was looking for. And she's like, I can't find my purse anywhere. Where's my purse? Eventually they started believing it because the purse was missing. And they're like, maybe we should call the police. And so they called the police. They got there like two something AM. They wanted a statement from me. I told them it was weird for sure. I never experienced anything like that before. But the next morning, my dad's running around the neighborhood and like looking to see if they tossed the purse or if they could find any like anything related to what happened last night. And he's running up the street. It's like 7 a.m. And he runs by this eye care. And this guy has two full trash bags like walking up to the trash can. And he goes, hey, um, do you mind if I look in there? Uh, My mom's I mean, my, my wife's purse got stolen last night. I'm seeing if I can find any clues or if I can find the purse anywhere. He's like, yeah, go ahead. Looks in the trash can. Boom. There it is. It's, it's sitting right there. All these fuckers took was 50 bucks. Imagine robbing a house. You gotta be, you gotta be a dumbass criminal to rob a house and keep 50 bucks. Like they should have at least, they should have at least kept the purse, but I guess they were trying to get rid of the evidence. I don't know. Weird stuff. But anyway, the forensics guy came, I think, that day or the next day, and they started taking fingerprints. Couldn't find any fingerprints just because, obviously, they were wearing gloves. And uh, it's so weird because I wonder what it would it, what would have changed if my brother was on the patio that night. And, um, yeah, just weird, weird stuff. But anyway, here's the kicker part. So about that night when I when they we, they called the cops and they gave them reports, they're like, okay, yeah, we actually got a call about two suspicious people walking by the middle school who dressed in ninjas, which is right by my house. Boom. Like, fuck all of you who thought I was lying. Fuck you. You know, this is real shit. So they couldn't find them, whatever. And then two weeks later, we got a call from the police department saying, hey, um, we believe we've arrested the people who robbed your house. They actually ended up kidnapping some guy. And when we raided their apartment, we found all sorts of weapons. Like in their bushes, they were hiding all their weapons, the throwing stars, the knives, machetes, um, swords. These guys were really, they wanted to be ninjas so bad. Like these people really want to be ninjas. And the weird part was they were living like a quarter mile from our house because they were living in these apartments next to our house. And uh, yeah, so they wanted us to testify. We're not going to testify. Like it was 50 bucks. It's not worth putting our face right in front of them even though they didn't see my face, but yeah, they, they, that was a really weird incident. And I remember going to school, telling my friends about it. No one believed me. My teachers didn't believe me. No one's going to believe me. Got robbed by two ninjas. Come on, get the hell out of here. That's what my third grade teacher told me. I go, oh, Mrs. Door or whatever. I got robbed by ninjas. She said, fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. Little bitch. Yo, lying ass. So it didn't really work out well. In terms of it's like something crazy happened to me and nobody would believe me at all. I was just looking for some like reconciliation or whatever. Uh, but yeah, th- th- this is 100% true. This is all verifiable. The, when I said it, it still affects me to this day. I I don't think like, like again, I haven't even thought about this story in years. I, it just happened to be brought up in conversation the other day. And I thought you guys might enjoy it. Uh, but what's what I've noticed my entire life is that no matter where I'm going, whether if I'm going to like my friend's bedroom or my friend's mom's bedroom, I always lock the door behind me or just even entering their house. I lock the door behind me no matter what. I always lock the door behind me. And like 
like I was at my friend Tony's house. I've done this so many times at Tony's house where we're chilling in his bedroom. He's like, and then someone else shows up and then they're like, what the hell is the doors locked? And I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice. Like, like I don't even notice me locking the doors. I locked the door. If I go into my bedroom, I lock the door. If I go into my house, no matter where I'm at, I'm at a friend's place. I'm locking all their doors. I'm, lo I'm just locking doors left and right. I'm like the opposite of a locksmith. Actually, I don't even know if that'd be the opposite. I feel like a lock picker is the opposite of a locksmith. I'm somewhere in between a locksmith and a lock picker. I just lock the door and forget about it. But that that's what I meant. Like, that's why it still affects me to this day. It's weird. But not in a negative way. I think it's just heightened my sense of security. But I've never gone through anything like that in my life. Um, I did almost get robbed in L.A. I'm going to make a podcast here soon. Just literally just talking about L.A. stories specifically. But I feel like this one's it can be grouped in with this because it's so funny that this actually happened. Um, and it's so weird. It really shows the power of intuition. So I was dating a girl named London, not in London, but she was living in Vegas. I was living in L.A. And this is when I was an Uber driver. And I'd go, so I go to Vegas every once in a while uh, pretty consistently. And I went this one weekend, and then my friend Mike, who's like 30-something, was like, hey, like again, I'm 21 at the time. He's like, hey, do you want to go to Vegas next weekend? I'm like, well, I'm here now, but I'm down to go next weekend too. It's hella fun. And I can see her too since I was seeing her at the time. And so I pick him up at the airport and he's like, yeah, I brought two of my friends with me. And it's like this couple, they're both like 45, 46. And so it's just like, it's me, uh, London, who's 18 at the time. I'm 21. This guy who's like 31. And then this couple who's like 40 something. It's like very weird. And we're all in the same room, three beds. Just a weird instance. Ever. Like, so already it's uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, Jesus, it's going to be weird. Uh, and then she couldn't get into the clubs or anything because she had a fake, but like you guys know Vegas, like if you guys know Vegas at all, they're not accepting no fake. Like that is the hardest place to get a f away with a fake. But in terms of checking your ID at the table, it's not as bad as the clubs for sure, especially if you're not gambling. So we were there for a couple of days. I remember this is how stingy I was back in the day just because I literally had to conserve every dollar. Mikey would be like, hey, you guys, we're going to the beach club. You want to go? I'm like, yeah, for sure. He's like, well, there's, a, um, yeah, it's only 15 bucks to get in. I'm like, yeah, I can't be, can't do that. Hell no, 15 bucks. I'll, I'll sit my ass at the pool with, with her. Thank you very much. Like I wouldn't even spend 15 bucks for an entrance fee back then. That's why I wasn't going to the clubs either. It was 75 bucks to get in $25 a drink. Fuck you. That's so not worth it. But what this story is getting to is I didn't have the best time. Those couple days I stayed till I want to say I got there. Friday and stayed till uh, Monday morning. Yeah, three days. And so I, I'm not, we like went to the, the dam, which is awesome. You know, we went hiking and stuff. And then at night we would just walk through the casinos, bet a little here, bet a little there. I ended up losing like 60 bucks. So, and then like after food and the drinks we got, I'd say I spent like $210 that weekend, which I'm like, fuck, I spent $210. It's just, I could have been making, I could have probably made like 600 back in LA, uh, just Uber driving. This is such a waste. Like that's, that's literally how I was thinking back. That's so weird. That was only three years ago where, well, just under three years ago where I was just like really concerned about losing $130 or $180 or $210, whatever it was. But anyway, um, 
Sunday night comes around and it was like 11 p.m. I'm like, you know what? Let's just go to blackjack. I'm going to try to count some cards this time and let's see what happens. So if you guys don't know the issue with counting cards is I don't do it too often because you got to sit at the table for a while to actually get a good count or the count may never even come and you just keep betting away money. Uh, but in this particular night, we were, it was good vibes all around, great table. It was me and her. She used her fake completely fine. I used my real ID to actually bet. And it was just me these and these three other guys. We just started killing it. So when I was counting the cards, the count got all the way up to like plus 10, plus 11. And that's when I started doubling my bet. So usually I was doing 10 a hand. Now I was doing like 25 a hand. I kept doing that, kept doing that, kept doing that. And then eventually... I worked, it, I worked it up to about $350. I'm like, holy shit. And counting cards actually does work. And so it started going, it started depleting a bit. I, I went down to 310. And then all of a sudden this guy was so fucked up. He spilt his dip spit all, oh God. I, I, that was, that's, it wasn't his beer, it was his dip spit. I forgot about that. Spilt it all over this table. So I cashed out 310 in my pocket. I just made 80 bucks going to Vegas for a weekend. Hell yeah. And at this point, I started reading like more kind of cards. I'm like, I'm thinking I don't even have to Uber driver anymore because what I could do is go to the Hollywood Casino in, Holly, in um, Inglewood and just like just count the enough cards to make like $100 a day. And then I'm going to be good. And then that was my plan. It was just, I was just looking at any, this is actually one month before I relaunched that drop shipping store that ended up making me a couple hundred thousand, literally a month before that I already gave up on. But anyway, let me jump to the, the point of the story. So I get back. I start Uber driving a, a bit more uh, yeah, because I wanted to get some extra money that night. 8 p.m. 8 I like wrapped it up. Then I went home to my Airbnb where I was living with these two girls. And what I would do every single night after Uber driving is go to the beach, roll up a fat dube, and freestyle for hours because... Sometimes I'm working 70, 80 hours a week. That was like my one sense of relief in my life, just freestyling on the beach while skateboarding on that little skateboard. That's why there's so much significance to that skateboard in my life. You guys have no idea. Like that links back to Lords of Dogtown, which is the movie when I was 10, which just made me decide to move to California. But I'll get in that to another podcast. Anyway, here's the point of this entire story. I got $350 in cash in my pocket, which at the time was so much money for me. And I drive to the beach. I get out of the car. I'm all hyped up. It's like 10.30 p.m. at night. I put three hours into the parking meter on Main Street. That way I can park up there and then I got to walk down to the beach. So I walk down to the beach and I always started it. I always started on the right side of the pier and skated all the way to Venice and back. And I did that a couple times. And I was putting on saying three hours because I was like so hyped. I just made this money. And so here's when things take a weird turn for sure. So I'm skating. Like I said, I start on the the east side and of the pier, and then I go under the pier. Right when I got under the pier, my knees started to buckle under pure fear, and I never experienced this in my life. Knees were buckling under pure fear. I couldn't even skate. I could not even skate at all. I have no reason why. I don't know. I, don't, I, I have no reason to be scared right now. Everything's going great. Um. So I'm just like, what the hell? And I try to skate and I try to freestyle. I can't even freestyle. Like, I'm like, um, I'm like, I can't, like, I'm trying to think of the word. I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm like lapping over my words. Like, I can't talk right. I can barely even rhyme. And I'm like, you know what? 
I should probably just like get out of here. Something is my intuition is strongly telling me to get the hell out of here quick. And that's when I realized I had got $350 in my pocket. I accidentally brought my wallet with me. I'm like, fuck, I shouldn't have done this. Like this is Sunday night in Santa Monica completely by myself. Um, it's like 11 PM at this point now. And, um, yeah. So side note, I believe the intuition is the output for the subconscious. And I know the subconscious collects every, all data that you have ever experienced, everything in your visual field, everything you've thought, everything you've read, just every, everything is collected and stored in the subconscious. But just imagine the subconscious as being a zip folder. You, you, you got to unzip it in order to see the, see the contents of the subcontents <laughs> underneath of it. You got to unzip it. But you yourself just can't unzip it whenever you want. Your subconscious kind of has to do it for you in the form of intuition. And that's why people get weird intuition. And like, that's why when you follow your intuition, like when I dropped out of college, made no sense. But my intuition was telling me because it's collected all the data from your entire life. And it's using this thing called intuition to communicate your, to your conscious brain from your subconscious brain. That's the link. It's, it's your intuition. That's why I say you got to trust your intuition. The more you trust your intuition, the more you actively do what your intuition tells you to do. I mean, it's game over. I mean, that's exactly, that's, that's exactly how the most successful people get success is because they follow their intuition because they know the secret. They know that the subconscious, they know, they know that intuition is the subconscious output to the conscious mind. And that's, I believe, what was happening to me that night. Because what ended up happening was I said, fuck this, I'm going back. Like, I got to get home. Something bad's going to happen. I remember thinking that clearly, knew for a fact, this was something bad was going to happen. So I get back up to Main Street. I'm walking to my car. And all of a sudden, across the street, I hear some guy say, hey, buddy. And that's it. That's, ex I know this is, this is it. I know this is it for sure. All these weird intuitions. I know this is it. He says again, hey, buddy, let me get a favor. And I start walking a little quicker. And then I, so from, I don't look him directly in the eye or whatever because he's across the street. I don't look directly at him. And he sees me start walking quicker. So now he starts running at me, running at my car. Or running at me. He doesn't know which car I was, I don't think. He goes, buddy, let me get a favor. And he starts running at me. And I run in my car. I'm running, I'm running. I, I open the door. I get in the car really quick. And I see him. He comes. He goes in front of my car. That's right. Because right, I put the keys in the car just to turn it on. And that's when he like, I saw him just like run, run over to my car, go to the passenger door. And here's the crazy thing. I just got this car like a couple weeks beforehand. And when I was driving Uber, I noticed that the lock and the unlocked in every car I've ever had, the lock was like on the top and the unlock was on the bottom Well, the lock was on the bottom and the unlock was on the top on this car. I think someone might've switched the buttons at some point. And so when I pick up passengers, I, I remember I always locked it instead of unlocked it. And whenever they needed it unlocked, I was locked. I, well, I, you get it, vice versa. And I never got it right because this new this car is still pretty new. I never really got it right. I always, out of my um, instinct, I always hit the wrong button. So right when he goes, he goes to the passenger door. I see him grip it. I hit the act. I hit the right button. I hit the lock button, and he tries to open it. No, no response. He starts ripping on the door. I, I put my fucking car in drive. Right when I put it in drive, he goes to the window and starts bashing in the window. He starts punching the fuck out of the window, and I skirt off. And uh, 
that is the other story of where I almost got robbed because this guy was obviously not looking for good things. Like good things were not going to come from this interaction if he got in that car. Like, can you imagine if I hit the unlock button instead of the lock? Like where I am right now would probably be extremely different because of the butterfly effect. Who knows what the fuck would have happened if that guy got in my car? He could have killed me. He could have. He could have done anything. And um, that's right when I I just zipped away, called my buddy. I'm like, holy fuck! I just got, I almost got robbed. I had three hundred fifty dollars in my pocket too, and all this crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could tell you there's a lot of sketchy stories, um, especially from LA. Like I'm gonna make a podcast of pure LA stories. Um, yeah, yeah, that was that, that's an intense one. And then. From there, I kind of stopped going to the beach at night. Like, I actually went to the beach the next uh, day, midday, and I saw him because I remember he was—he had this long gray beard and he was dressed in all green. Uh, and I saw him at the same spot the next day. And I was like, damn, this guy's just just literally just chilling here. But yeah, that was a that was a pretty freaky story. Um, but yeah, it basically it didn't affect me too much. All it did was just heighten my awareness. Um, in LA, especially, unfortunately towards homeless people, just because of that one encounter. That's why I'm always a bit on more on edge. Just like I'm, I'm, I'm not on edge about ninjas, but I still lock my door cause that home invasion. Um, so I was just more on edge from that point on, especially near the beach. I was very sketched out to go near Santa Monica beach at night for a while after that. Eventually I got over it. I still went like five or 10 more times the rest of the time I was there, but after that happened, I just knew that, you know, it, this ain't, yeah. Like, because the thing is, like, St. Louis is the most, if you guys look it up, it's the m- crime statistics, at least. St. Louis is the most dangerous city in America. Most people don't know that. But that's the city. I grew up in the county, which I grew up, like, 20 minutes away from it. So, I mean, we didn't have too much crime, luckily. I wasn't exposed to too much crime as a kid. I'm very thankful for that. Obviously, I was robbed by the ninjas, and there's other stories um, of me getting, uh, uh, getting um, interacting with the law, but that's under my own fault. <laughs> Maybe I'll tell those stories at some point. Uh, but other than that, that's just something um, that was really eye-opening about going to LA. I've never been like directly attacked by a stranger like that. As far as I know. Maybe I blocked out my memory if it did but yeah, that's just like um, two crazy stories. I think the ninja one's probably a little crazier. But yeah, like you would think, like I said, it's like you would think I would be prejudiced against ninjas at this point or at some point. I never was. I was just more careful with the security of where I am in my home or in, even if I'm in a tiny room. So yeah. Yeah, guys, that's the end of this podcast. Um, again, out here in Colorado for another couple weeks. I have a bunch more podcast ideas written down. This one's going to be a little shorter than the usual. Let me know below what you think about this. Um, again, let me know about the any robbery stories, what you guys think about robbery. Do you like it? Do you dislike it? I'm open to it all. Let me know. I want to know your thoughts and feelings. And let me know what you think about these sorts of podcasts. If so, the next one I'll do is like LA stories or something like that because I got tons of them because I've lived there four times now. This next time I'm going back is going to be the fifth time, but it's like, Weird thing, like, just to give you a quick uh, review of my L.A. history before I end this podcast. The first time I went out there, I was living in a studio. 
one bed with five people. That was nuts in Koreatown. Ooh, we got some vicious stories from that. It was a, it was a very bad part of Koreatown. No, there was no AC involved. We had to buy like eight fans. That was just one of the funnest summers, though. I honestly, because I was like my first time out there. The next time I moved back um, was when I was that Uber driver, and then an issue happened with the rent, so I had to come back. The next time I moved back was five months later when I became a drop shipper. I had my be- one of my best months ever at that time. Uh, it was thirty thousand a month from that phone case, and I was just literally, literally living my dream of going to the beach every single day, working out, and then going to the beach every day. Um, and then by doing that for a month, I realized that's a very empty and unfulfilling dream. So then I moved back. I really worked on my personal brand. I really worked on new drop shipping stores. Collaborations this is when I got the Alberto Ty Lopez and everything. And then. Um, let me think. Yeah. And then I just kept visiting LA and then I moved back. Hold on. I must be. No, no, no. Okay. That's three times. Okay. Yeah. So then I moved back. What you guys know most recently, uh, eight months ago. Damn, that's crazy. It was already eight months ago. What the hell? That cannot be right. November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. Wow. Eight months ago. What the fuck? Where does the time go? Where does the fucking time go? Eight months ago, I moved into that Hollywood Hills home, and that was the fourth time moving there. And then, unfortunately, coronavirus, I realized probably not the best. Because, you know, you're paying so much money to live in L.A. Um, and you're, you're paying all this money to live in L.A., but then what are you living in L.A. for if, if all the trails are closed and the beaches were closed? This is when coronavirus was going on. Looking back, I probably should have stayed till at least May 1st when our uh, contract ended, but... You live and you learn, you know, fucking ad hustler, getting my anxiety up about, about the borders closing. That's what I, that was a main driving factor because he's like, Dirk, Trump's making the announcement tomorrow. They're closing it tomorrow. Guarantee it. So that's why I was rushing that video. Anyway, now we're getting a little off topic. We just had 30 minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and end it right here. Tip top Magoo. So guys, thanks so much for watching. Peace out.